Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now uh you know Welcome to another episode of Creators Outlet. Tonight, our guests are Zachary and Brett. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Hey, thank, thank you for having us on the show. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I was uh, I was skimming through your uh, your Kickstarter, and I, I liked what I saw. I thought it was cool that uh, you got a little donation there from Joe Joe Kubert. <laughs> uh, I was. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't reading anything there. I was like scrolling by. I'm like, oh, I guess he did go there. He signs his name just like Joe Cooper. And then I read underneath, this is a donation by Joe Cooper. <laughs> I'm like, oh well, that explains that. No, it was a it was a cool place to be. Um, I definitely learned a lot being there. Um, was I published my first uh, graphic novel. Uh, it was an anthology book uh, with 23 other QB school students. So um, while being there on the way out, um, the character that was in that book is also in this one right here. <laughs> the continuing adventures of... Zonderon. Zonderon. Uh, and, the, and the book's going to... The book's gonna be black and white or is that uh so it's gonna have it's gonna have colors um the way that i planned it for this month is that i get all the line work done this month and i send all those pages out once it funds on kickstarter out to my colors my colors isn't gonna take that long i think it's gonna be like two to three weeks he's gonna need from that so we'll see we're, we're obviously we're seeing all the line work now Mm-hmm. For everything that you show on Kickstarter, and then once it goes through that process, and and your colorist uh, knocks it out, you'll just up, you can just update the images on Kickstarter, and everybody can see. Yep, I'll go yeah. ahead and I'll keep updating everybody. I've already had like um, uh, as the new things are going, uh, I already have like four updates. So like any new little thing that happens, I feel like that's important just to let everybody know. So I'll go ahead and I'll throw that in. 
yeah, keep everybody engaged. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Now, uh, a lot of people are hip on keys, and and now that the graphic novel you did with all the other students at school is Sandaran's actual first appearance. If you want to, is there a way to get that graphic novel? Um, not on this one. Uh, not on this Kickstarter. Uh, because of the fact, the weight in itself, it's a heavy book. Um, and shipping's very expensive. This is also my first kick. Well, Brad and I's uh, first kickstarted together. So I really wanted to go ahead and learn how to do this, understand how it works through and through. So that way, the next Kickstarter that happens that has Sonder on in it, I'll go ahead and throw the anthology book back in. Cool. That way, everybody in the future they can all they can all get a a copy of his first appearance. Mm hmm. It's just funny because uh, I'll look back on some of that art that I did for it. And I'm like, oof, um, it's definitely gotten a lot better. <laughs> Is this even a good thing? But people, uh, people don't care, you know. I yeah, know well, that it matters. Yeah, we'll see the progression, you know, as you as you go. And the more, obviously, the more you do, the the more you find your skills, the better you get. Mm -hmm. You know, that goes for everything. So hopefully, because. Man, my first my first podcast was a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Looking back on it, it is uh, you, you yourself. You can be like, "Ooh, you kind of cringe a little bit," and you, you're hoping that people don't go far back on that, mm. but they, but they will, <laughs> and um, you just kind of have to grit your teeth. But you know, people love that, and I uh, progressions what they care about the most when it comes to the things that they're passionate about. So. You know, yeah, I'm also excited that they care a lot to the point they're like, I want that first appearance or that first copy. It doesn't matter what it looks. I want that. And I I can appreciate that. Yeah, well, the, the indie community has grown by leaps and bounds. You know, it's had its first, like, huge explosion since, like, the 90s. So it's, it's just a great thing because, you know, the, there's – there's an audience that all they do is scroll around, you know, Kickstarters and Indiegogos. That's the only place they shop. They're, they've, they've seen and heard all the, all the superhero stories from the, from the big two and, you know, something else from like small press catches their eye. They'll grab it. But a lot, a lot of people I talk to, they're like, was, I want to read something different mm -hmm. and, you know, and see, you know, different, you know, different talent and, you know, stuff from, you know, different parts of the world or you know, wh whatever it is. And so they're, they're just, they're just cruising the indie scene. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's like a, a, a good amount of stores now that are like really very supportive of, of the indie community. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that because it used to be like really big. Like uh, I've been going, I've been going to my LCS for like thirty five years. Yes, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but when I first started going there, like small press and indie books would be the bottom two rows, like six feet across, for where they would put like all their, you know, all their new releases. 
So like all the small press stuff. And I would always look there because there would always be some obscure small press book from this guy. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, before he went completely batshit crazy. Um, but I still, I still love all his work. Uh, like a lot of, uh, a lot of the black and white stuff that came that came out that he was doing, you know, over in the UK, and it was getting imported over here. And I've got it someplace in like these millions of boxes over here. <laughs> I have just a few books, and I've sold that collection like three times over already. So, gosh. Wow. So, why don't you tell us what first attracted you to comics? Um, it was, uh, in the beginning, it was a way to escape, um, just from the things that was going on at the time. And, uh, it was around, it was fifth grade and, uh, I was in the back of the car where we my dad was driving us to a hospital appointment for his girlfriend at the time. And we passed by a comic store with all these, uh, painting superheroes on the brick building. And it just stunned me. I was like, oh my God, this place is so cool. And, I, you know, as a kid, I just kept nagging my dad. He's like, if you behave at the hospital, maybe I'll even think about it. But I don't know. M- you know, my father was like one of those people that, like, most of the time he never, you know, fell through on that promise. But, you know, this day I, I made sure I was – I had my hands underneath my butt uh, sitting in the chair. Didn't make a sound in the hospital. And on the way back, we decided uh, – we he stopped in. I go in and there's, like, toys um, – the ceiling hanging those thousands and those comics all over the place it just blew my mind. And uh, I picked up my first book, uh, Web of Spider-Man issue number 66 and the artwork just blew me away. Uh, I knew right then and there, once I read that book and it was done like several times, I was just like right then and there. That's what I wanted to do. Like was just to enter the comic field. What about you, Brett? Well, I mean, uh, for me, uh, it's always been about the storytelling, you know, I mean, basically the superheroes that we read in books and we see on the big screen now are, you know, uh, the modern versions of, you know, uh, the Greek gods, basically, you know, uh, Ulysses, Zeus, all those great, uh, you know, uh, characters from time and memoriam. And then, you know, it's kind of traveled down through the years, like, you know, my father growing up, his thing was Westerns, you know, so, you know, comics and those kind of characters became, uh, you know, our generation's, uh, you know, Westerns or, or Greek gods and gods like Perseus and, and Zeus. Um, so, you know, it's always the the morality tales, the stories, the, the eternal struggle of good and evil. Um, and, you know, you, you, you become part of these characters families you know i mean every time you know uh someone dies in one of the comics you feel it i mean i think i remember growing up and you know when you had the 900 number to call in when was robin gonna live or die you know that was a big thing for me you know so um you know it's the storytelling it's the characters and uh obviously you know in the end it's also the art too you know the art definitely uh can can make you feel so many different things you know i mean you know sometimes just the cover can you know sum up the way you're feeling that day you have a crappy day you know you look at a a cover of you know x-men or or superman batman and 
you just kind of re-energized and you're ready to take on a whole new day. So I think definitely uh, they're a source of strength and, uh, you know, they're just a, a good time in the end, you know? Mm. Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was born way, way back in uh, 1969. I know it was way, way back because now when I go to a doctor's appointment, I got to scroll for like an hour until I get to my birth year. <laughs> I'm going to punch everything in on the computer. Uh, but I was born between the 60s and the 70s. Of course, I was a little kid in the 70s, and they had just started uh, rerunning uh, episodes of the Adam West Batman TV show. Mm -hmm. So I was like three or four, and I was like, <laughs> I was just, you know, and uh, a good a good friend of mine that I'm still friends with to this day uh, loves telling the story when we get together at uh, cookouts in the summertime. You know that was when we used to cook food o over an open flame, and lots of people would gather around and you know have some drinks and stuff. <laughs> you know, just in case people from like last year don't remember any of this stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, and every time somebody you know, because they will have like you know work friend, everybody have like work friends or you know. They just got married or they got a new girlfriend or, you know, a, you know, boyfriend or whatever. And they show up and my buddy, Mike likes introduced me and goes, first time I met this kid, he had a, he had a hand towel tucked in the back of his shirt and he was running up and down the street singing the Batman TV theme. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. I think no, we've no, all been there. You know, so I'm like, you know, I used to have the Batman utility belt, but I remember, you know, you get like a big bowl of cereal on a Saturday morning and you sit down, you watch, all, you know, you watch all the cartoons, like all the superhero stuff. And, you know, uh, there would be like live action stuff like uh, the live action Shazam uh, was on when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Okay. But then but then you knew when when Bugs Bunny came on that it's either look outside after that and see if your friends are out playing yet. If not. Uh, on, on one channel, you're either going to watch one of the old spaghetti westerns or you're going to flip over to Creature Double Feature and watch, like, you know, Godzilla or King Kong or something until everybody's out ready to play ball. <laughs> That's a tough choice for sure, you know? You know, and I'm like, and I like all that crap, so I'm like, uh <laughs> But they, they weren't any, I didn't, I didn't find my first comic book store until I was like 15. And it's it's still the one it's still the one I go to to this day. Uh, at one point, I was actually a, you know an assistant manager there, and you know mm. worked worked there for many years. And uh, but when I was a kid, there weren't any comic there weren't any comic book stores around. They were just you know in the big city, like you'd have some like in, in Boston, New York, and like mm -hmm. Dallas and L.A. Yeah. But well, you know you didn't have okay. Go ahead. But that you know, I lived in a small town, so there, were, there was none around us. But we used to go to like the, the local five and dime, or you know, the uh, the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, before CVS bought up every single one, and uh, you know, as long as I was good that week, I'd get to go to the spinner rack in the middle of the store, see what was there, and uh, you know, get like a new book every week. And I would, I would read those things to the covers fell off. We used to. You know, one of my friends would buy like you know Spider Man and Hulk. I'd buy, you know, Batman and you know Legion of Superheroes. 
we finished reading them. We'd roll them up in our pocket, ride to each other's houses, exchange books. We'd read them till the covers fell off. Yeah. And yeah, now, we, and now I got to go back and pay like you know a lot more money than cover price for those things to get them back again. But I've I've actually been going going around and recollect regetting all the all the issues. I actually just bought like a really nice copy of the uh, the first comic I ever bought. Which was uh, an issue of Detective where the creeper was kicking the crap out of Batman on the cover. Oh, okay, cool. So, we want to take a look at the Kickstarter. And you guys are forty-five percent funded. We got twelve days to go. Seventy-three backers. So you got you got a you got a good amount of people back in this one already yeah i still uh, you know just me in general I, I worry a lot so i'm really hoping that this one goes through you know um that's why i've been mean, hitting up on uh, facebook a lot sharing it and all, all the social media just taking advice from everybody and figuring out what's the best route to go ahead and spread this as much as i can oh yeah you you gotta you gotta spread you gotta spread this thing like coven <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, you know, so you like you like almost at the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually don't see like like a like a a goal of like five thousand, especially like on a on a first Kickstarter. I usually see like you know fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred. Because it's a more obtainable goal, and then you you know you obviously want to go as far as you can to you know get everything covered. Mm -hmm. But you just you just want to make sure like everything's funded so you can you know you can do the whole project. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, just 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 a thought. You you're my eighty uh, second. Uh, Kickstarter. I've talked actually more than that because uh, I co-host uh, CromCon with Pops now. Yeah, I actually just did a podcast with him last night. Yeah, yeah, he he, great guy, man. Oh yeah, I I was doing. Uh, I had a cancellation on on my eight o'clock show, but I started uh, last night. I started uh, featuring artists on Monday nights. So like a live talking draw, and mm. I had I had uh, Sean Howe on last night, and he did a he did a really cool uh, Mandalorian piece. Oh, cool! So, cool. although we didn't realize we were on for four hours, <laughs> you know, you for know. um for this Kickstarter, you know, with the goal being five thousand, um, I, I I did a lot of the numbers with uh, Sam Quentin. Oh yeah. Um, I was always hitting it up for information and what's the best uh, route to go. And he always, you know, he's telling me, do this, do this, and do this. Check this, and then come back to me. So I'll, I'll go back to him and be like, all right. So I need the funding for the, these things, and here's why, and and whatever. So it's not like the five thousand is like just this at, like number that I'm just like throwing out there. You know? Oh like, no, no. I, I I understand where it comes from. Um, uh, I am. I, ju I just hope that you know when people do see that, it's like, oh man, okay, like you know, I'll still pledge it. it. Doesn't matter. 
Um, another another good resource to uh, to talk to would be let me let me pull up his name so I don't so I don't butcher it because he's he's always like shooting me emails and messages. Uh, let's see, where is it? It is uh, Kevin Goulet. From NSC Live, uh, he also does Inkforge, uh, right? Yeah. No, I, he's actually my PR guy. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, he's uh, trying to help me out with this one. Yeah, because uh, I'm actually part of the the podcast roadshow for NSC. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got I've got him and uh, another PR firm that are like always hitting me up like you know sending me people so i got a i interviewed a couple of guys from from the uk last week that work on uh john carpenter's comics okay yeah um it was it me and kevin we were talking and kevin threw the he calls me up at three in the morning i was wow, i know wow, i'm wow, like wow, uh, yeah yeah and uh no i was i i'm an all-nighter guy so uh i was already up and he was telling me, he goes, hey, listen, like, uh, I got these people ready. Um, and it was, like, about this advertising tier. And he, me and him were just going back and forth, and I was writing down. And there was a tier I added into the Kickstarter, uh, I think, the next day and a half. And it's basically um, for anybody who has podcasts, any writers, uh, artists, local comic shops, if they're interested, uh, if they throw down 225 They'll get 30 copies of the book. They'll get, I think it was like 25 or 30 copies of the book, 30 prints. And uh, I do a variant cover specific to them. So they get their very own variant cover for those uh, that run. Cool. And they, oh, and I've almost forgot. And they have an advertising slot in the book. So they have all their information in a panel. Well, if... If I wasn't living on Social Security and the uh, the government stimulus check wasn't a lousy six hundred, <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I could, you know, I could, I could do something for that. I'm, I'm like, I, I got it. I, I uh, went and picked up like, you know, a little over a hundred dollars worth of comics from my shop. I uh, I ordered a a comic press for my you know a heat press for myself so I can you know self self press some comics because uh, I have like boxes upon boxes of spine roll. Oh yeah, so I'm That's like I go I go these and and some of the books are probably like you know not worth anything, but I'm like, well they they look you know they look like waves from Hawaii. You know, I just, you know, throw it under there so I can reread this book. I can't read it when I'm going like mm -hmm. that, <laughs> you know, plus I, I sense, I send certain things in to get graded. Uh, I, I only really, I only, uh, great get something graded if it's a key or like if, if I got like my first appearance of, uh, Rachel Ghoul from Neil Adams signed, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I get wow. I get that grade and hang it on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, 
You can retire off that. <sighs> if I only knew. I got <laughs> I got out of the hospital before before my my checks got adjusted and uh, I kind of had to hurry up and put put food on the table. And my daughter was staying with me for a couple of weeks. So I actually had to sell my copy. Mm. Oof. But I sold I sold it to a friend that uh, was also a, a writer for Outright Geekery like I, I was. And he's like a true comic fan. So he pressed it and he's got it up in a frame and it's, you know, hang, hanging up in the... Uh, Hanging up in, in in his living in his living room in his little comic book section. So I know if anything, you know, if he's going to get rid of it, he said he'd call me and just sell it back to me. You know, not what I not what I sold it to him for, of course, but sadly. <laughs> but uh, you know, well, at least he's got a good home right now. You know, if I if I sell something, if you know, and I I know the person I'm selling it to, and they're like a true comic fan. I'm like, don't get me wrong. My, it's like I still like ripped out my own heart and stomped on it on the floor because I, I actually sold the comic. And uh, but at least I know it's a it's a good home and it's going to somebody that you know really loves the medium. Right, appreciates it. Mm -hmm. You know. But oh, what am I doing there? I want to come over here. Here we go. Yeah, I was scrolling through everything. There we go. So this is your very. This is both of your uh, very first uh, Kickstarters. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Zach's already a fan of Kickstarter comics. He's back. He's back six. Yeah, one of them was the McFarland action figure spawn. Saw Lucky. that last year. I saw that last year. I was like, oh, my God, man. Uh, I got to get my hand on that. <laughs> so uh, I remember bothering Brett about it. Actually, um, me and Brett were at the same apartment um, mm -hmm. because you know, cause we were still students at the time. So I, mm -hmm. I crashed over at the apartment. Uh, and, you know, lo and behold, Tom McFarland's like, hey, uh, let me give you an action figure. And I just kept raving about it. So. Nah, he, he knew. Like, oh my god! Right, actually, didn't you pledge? <laughs> yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. Oh, so I have yet to receive mine yet. So yeah, I haven't got mine either. I know Todd put out like a bunch of updates and stuff. I think they said they're shipping, but I haven't gotten mine yet. Yeah, uh, once it hits overseas, he's gonna give a tracking number, so we'll get that. No, mm -hmm. it, it's so solid. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, I'm just like you know. You gotta drool over all the stuff that he's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, he was he was one of my uh, inspirations. Um, kind of like in a way that I draw now. Like, um, I definitely look at Todd's art and I, I try to figure out like how he figured out the certain techniques that he did. Um, that was one of the early artists that I was looking at a lot. Yeah, I I grew up on, of course, like. Uh, cause of, cause of being, you know, such a Batman fan, uh, you know, Neil Adams and, uh, you know, then Jim Aparo. Mm -hmm. And I, I like, I like, like all the, all the odd characters. Like I liked, uh, the demon and the creeper and, uh, 
Phantom Stranger and and Constantine and and you know I loved Swamp Thing. I still do, but uh, <laughs> but you know, and then you know, taste taste progress, you know, move forward, and I think uh, not long after I graduated high school, I started going to the old Star Trek creation conventions. With a with a friend of mine, and they'd always hand out like those those black and white booklets, you know, with you know what was going on, you know, panels and mm-hmm. you know, guest guest speakers and you know, blah blah blah. And I got one of those, and I'm looking through, and I'm like, oh my god, dude, this art is badass. <laughs> it was early JML. <laughs> And somewhere in these boxes, I still have those. <laughs> so, it, so at some point, I'm gonna get to meet uh, Joe Linsner, and I'm gonna get him to to sign those black and white ones, and I'm gonna put them all up in like a big uh, in like a big frame on my wall. So, yeah, that would blast for a past right there. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was pre. Uh, it was I guess it was just a, a short while before uh, he did uh, Crypt the Dawn. Very cool. But I'm like, still. So tell us a little bit about uh, your character here. There so, he is. So I'll, I'll explain kind of like how I you know, I thought of him you know, as an idea and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, Brett's really good at, like, the whole story explaining that. So I'll, I'll have him take well, on that. Well, that's his job. He's the writer. <laughs> um, no, I'm, like, it's hard for me to explain certain things when it comes to that stuff. He, he's really good with that. Oh, um, so what? Uh, it was right after I saw the Green Lantern movie. And believe it or not, I was, you know, even though I hated that movie, I was like, uh, at that time, I was, it was in seventh grade. So I was trying to figure out how to create characters. And I was, I was just like making characters off of like the things that's already been made. And around that time frame is when I started um, creating characters out of my head, just away from everything else to try to figure out and piece it all together. When I went to the school, um, when I went to the school, I started writing more and more on this character in my first year as a student. And I was always like writing uh, and revising it, asking teachers for advice and whatnot. And then when second year came along, um, I put, I kind of put him on a back burner and I, I gave him so much clothes and like so much detail. So when second year came around, uh, I started pulling back on that. I started ripping out like the things that he didn't need on a visual look and certain things in the origin. And I, uh, I was just keeping the things that was essential, that was important to the character and the things that mattered. Um, and then, uh, around October is when I was like, you know what, I'm not going to wait to go ahead and after I get out of the school to make a book, I want to make one right now. Um, and I had a bright idea to like bring 23 other Cuba school students together on this. So I started asking around. So once the book was made, um, it kind of like finalized certain things of the character for me. But there was still so much to go in the origin and 
there was a lot of gaps to be filled. So during my third year, every now and then, I was writing a lot more on the character to try to solidify him. And then uh, eventually um, when COVID hit and we all had to like scramble and hustle around to get our homework done, I went to Brett. I was like, Brett, can you like, you want to help me out with this? Um, Cause he, he, Brett's really good with creating right on the point. His ideas is always solid. It just takes him five minutes just to think of it. And he's got like this whole thing all ready to go. Like a like a pitch ready, and it took it literally took him like I don't know like an hour or something. He's, he's just like here, give me time. And he goes in his room, and he just like sits on his bed and like uh, away from everyone. It just takes like a solid hour. Comes back and he, like the origin story just blew me away. And a lot of the things that it took me years to try and figure out, he just like he you know he just like <laughs> took it. He took care of it in one hour. <laughs> I was like, so I was kind of like, you know, a little irritated because I looked at myself I'm like, man, it's taking me so long. I could have just asked for this guy's help during the first year. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, what the character's all about, I'm going to leave that to you, Brett. Yeah, I mean, so like I said, Zach, uh, he's been, you know, working on this for for years. You know, I remember first year when I met him, speaking with him. Uh, where we all lived, it was uh, called the mansion, which it literally was like this 100-year-old uh, mansion. Um, and, you know, you have a bunch of Qbert students in there. And, you know, it's a whole kind of creative swapping of ideas and, and uh, admiration for each other's art. And I just remember speaking with Zach, and he was, you know, showing me his preliminary sketches for the character um, who had a different name at the time. And, uh, you know, I was just hearing about his character and I was intrigued by it, of course. And then, you know, that was first year. And, you know, I know second year, you know, uh, you guys, you know, they did the anthology and stuff. And then he came up with the new uh, iteration, uh, which became Thunder on now. And uh, like Zach said, during COVID, we just started brainstorming on uh, on an origin story and, and kind of... Um, sort of a reason for Sandron to be, you know what I'm saying is that, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of things with, you know, uh, these characters is that, you know, you, you can have a really cool character, you know, but there needs to be a motivation for the character. And, uh, that's what we came up with, with Sandron. We, we, we realized what his, you know, and having him not just being a, an adventurer, uh, and an explorer at heart, uh, there needed to be something more. So, you know, in his backstory and his mythology, uh, you know, we started going into more of, you know, his culture, the what caused his uh, tribe to split from the main tribe, uh, their uh, race uh, called the Kometans. And, uh, you know, you go back millennia and their whole uh, planet was shattered into four different quadrants. And Sandron is from one. And uh, we won't go too much into the backstory, but basically, you know, for Sandron to unite his world, he has to go out and find these uh, pieces of a mythical sphere, um, which had been forgotten long, uh, long in time. So um, that's basically what we what we came up with for for Sandron sort of, you know, I mean, of course, there's always going to be the side adventures and the different people and, and uh 
you know, adventures that he that he uh, falls into, like the ones that's in the Kickstarter here. The, this story is sort of a an offshoot, I guess you could call this. This would be just kind of like a, a you know, kind of a one-time adventure kind of thing. Um, but you know, there is still that main purpose for him to to unite his home world and you know, in in a way, bring peace to the galaxy. So that's basically what you know. I guess if you could put in a nutshell what what Sondron is and and I will say that you know Sondron uh like all great characters he's one that he never wanted this responsibility you know he's definitely one of these characters that you know uh this destiny was was uh put upon him by happenstance and I think for characters uh characters like that I think are more rewarding and I think more uh, relatable to a reader because, you know, how many times, you know, do we kind of find ourselves sort of, you know, the world isn't going the way that we thought it was, but we're, you know, trying to just get through life and, and trying to figure out what our path is basically. You know, some people, you know, they, you know, oh, you're, you're going to be a doctor or, you know, you're going to be a lawyer or something like that. And the majority of us are just trying to find our our way in the world. And I think that's what kind of makes Sondran a great character, because, again, he never really wanted this. I mean, you know, he had aspirations of of seeing what was beyond the horizon. But um, this destiny that was put upon him, this was the farthest thing in his life that he wanted. And again, I think that that's what makes these kind of characters um, relatable and much more enjoyable to a reader. Yes, you know, you could just be, you know, a farm boy one day and then greatness is thrust upon you. And Right, of course. You know? Yeah, the classic uh, Joseph Campbell hero's journey story, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay um, to throw out there. I think that's a book that everyone should have. I really do agree. Um, it's a little hard to read, but once you get it and you start, you know, you power through it, things start clicking. And like, I have a copy and I think that's just a copy that every uh, comic book creator, writer, artist out there that it should have a copy. Mm -hmm. And even just comic book fans. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's very important. Well, Brett, I guess, you know, you did pretty good for only going, you know, sitting down in your room for like an hour and coming out and, <laughs> this thing out. Yeah, well, you see what I mean. It took him like what ten minutes or something to like sum that all up. It would have taken me like an hour just to try to beat around, you know, beating around the bush to get to the point. Like, apparently, Brett has some of that Jeff Lemire magic going on. Oh, oh. appreciate that. <laughs> you know, um, the thing the thing was is that my for me personally is that being out of the school. Um, the way that COVID happened, uh, we were just kind of, it was one and done. Once we were, we finished up our schooling, every, all of, all of us in our third year, we were just kind of like, all right, you're good. Go. Right. And that's how we felt. That's how like it, you know, we, we feel it like it was, it was treated at the right. time. So, you know, we're sitting here scrambling around and I told Brett, I was like, you know what, man, like this, this character is always going to be um, a character. Yeah. He'll have the story. But he'll also have like anthology books and he's very um, malleable to work with because if I need people uh, to join with me to like work on a project, I can take some of those students um, that left 
be like, hey, would you like to work on this book? Um, or, hey, do you want to, like, jump in and work on something else? And, I, you know, as we speak, um, after this Kickstarter is all said and done, I'm also in the middle of figuring out book two, anthology, uh, you know, anthology book two for Voyage. And that's got uh, 23, 27 Cuba School students. So, that you know, the adventure continues. And that, that's my whole thing is to try to, like, if I'm going to be successful – uh, trying to get up there, I'm going to make sure that I bring as many people that I knew that I'm friends with um, from the school that need work and stuff that work uh, work work with me to get to that point. And you guys won't even know, you know, if the lockdown's lifted because all you do is sit inside and create stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <clears throat> you know, creative creatives were fine with it, you know. I'm in a wheelchair, so I don't go, you know, I don't go out that much. I miss being able to, you know, go out, you know, without a face covering and, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, grab my phone or tablet and, you know, read, you know, get caught up on various uh, things from, you know, publishers and news sources for, for the day in the comic world and to, to talk about and. You know, um, the thing that I think that I believe a hundred percent that makes that makes this character really likable, and it's a a great book to like uh, attach yourself quickly on, is because of the fact that the main character is a legitimate alien, an extraterrestrial. Like, how many movies, how many sci-fi movies can you can you give me where the main character is actually an alien? You know, you could go ahead and throw Predator or Alien at me, but I'll tell you right off the bat that the main character is actually human. Right. And the alien in the Predator is, you know, the villain in that story. Right. You know, and the Predators, um, the Predator culture actually has, you know, it has a hefty storyline to them. Like, they have, like, their tribes, and they go, like, they're, like, with them combating against the alien, there's a whole, you know, story to that, you know. Uh, are we, you know, when you see the movie, the Predator movie, what makes them the bad guys, you know? It's just the point of view told. Mm -hmm. So I always thought, you know, if you told the movie, I guarantee you, if you made a Predator movie right now and the main character is a Predator, you know, it's, and then there's no humans in it. It's just on its home world. Like, everybody will flock to that theater to see it. Oh, yeah. I think I think also real quick with uh, that kind of thinking, I think what you have to do, and I think maybe what a lot of people uh, they don't they miss the mark on is that you know for however uh, an alien looks, you know whether it be the predator, Sonderon, you know uh, every I think the 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 at the core we're all sort of like the same kind of person you know, in the sense that, you know, we all have dreams and desires and there's things that we're afraid of. And I think that, you know, maybe, you know, these, uh, you know, the creators, book companies, studios, they can't, you know, crack that nut, so to say. And I think that, you know, they always feel that they need to tell the story like it's through the human's eyes because we're the only ones who can relate mm -hmm. to, like I said, if I'm looking on screen, I can't relate to, 
uh, Sauron because he's, you know, not a human. And that's wrong, I think, because like you said, I think that if these, uh, you know, writers, creators realize that if you can inject the, the good things that make humans human into another species, people are going to get that uh, species, no matter if he's green, purple, if he's the predator, if it's, if it's the alien, whatever. And I think that's what maybe is holding a lot of people back from not putting uh, an alien uh, or a different, you know, species at the forefront of, uh, of a book or a movie, you know? I think the closest movie that ever tr almost hit that on the nail, but still, you know, still did that same thing was Avatar. Uh, yeah, Avatar. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the closest movie I've ever seen that touch ba touches base on that. But still, you know, the main character is a human, but most of the film is a human try to, like, become part of that, you know, part of that society, part of the, their race. Right. You know, be amongst them. And that was the whole portion of the movie that I loved, you know. I mm -hmm. loved the whole culture, Natiri, the whole thing. I didn't care about, like, the humans at all. I was just waiting for those scenes to be over and done with so I can just go back to, like, you know, the guy, you know, uh, I forget his name, Jake Sully. Yeah, that was the character. Yeah. Sully. I was just waiting for Jake, like, uh, those scenes where he's in that alien body. And he's just, like, trying to figure out their culture and, you know, like, hunting the animals and just learning their ways. That was more interesting to me than the rest. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was, I was, I was rooting for them to kill all the humans. Yeah. Yeah, but that movie, the, I, that was, I think that that movie came so close to that point, and I think that was one of the biggest reasons why that movie was highly successful for as long as it was, despite certain people hating on it for the story. Yeah. Well, that and people finally felt like they got their money's worth when they had to sit down and watch a movie for, like, what, 12 hours? Around <laughs> that. So, you know, something like that. But yeah, this this image is killer too. Thank you. I was actually um when I was doing that image in October, I was just like I was kind of having like a rough summer just trying not to draw, like and I was trying to get back into it and, just, and it was hard and when October came around the corner, I was trying to like do small commissions for pe for people and uh, I was like, you know what? I haven't done anything in Sonderon for a little while, so I'm just going to do that. So I, I did Sonderon, uh, that image, and I inked it up. I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. Um, and then I was like, wait a minute. I'll make this a comic. This would be great. So I hit Brett up. I was like, hey, I would like this uh, to be a book. This is what I got as an idea, and I wrote like the, and I, the whole idea for the book. Like, you know, I like – I forgot what it was, but it was like in particular – but I was like, oh, I want this to like uh, him to be on an alien planet, and he's like trying to survive against like these Cthulhu type monsters, and you know, he's, it was just this whole he's on the run uh, kind of thing. And I was like, hey, um, let's make this a book. Um, what, uh, could you want? Do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to write this? He's like, hell yeah. And I think it was like within a day or two, he sends the script back to me. Oh my god, man! I was like, man, this is cool. So I uh, started doing a few pages here and there, but I, as I was reading the script thoroughly more and more, it was, it was awesome. 
for a horror book, a uh, horror sci-fi was really, really cool. So that I was like, man, I'm going to make it a Kickstarter. And uh, I want everybody to know the story. So I texted him. I was like, I'm going to open up a Kickstarter. This is what we're going to do. And he's like, all right. And now it's happening. Yeah. 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 Sondaran featured in an Ashcan comic called Man Mountain Merton. Yep. Uh, one of the commissions I had to do for somebody, uh, I think it was Scott Rosenberg. He was doing a Ashcan comic, um, and I was hired to do a pinup. And I was like, man, should I throw in a suggestion? I emailed him, could I like can I put my OC in there as well? He's like, go right ahead, I don't care. I was like, sweet. <laughs> so I did the pin up with him in it. That's cool. That's cool stuff to do too. Rural art by Trey Patterson. Mm-hmm. Uh he's another Cuba school graduate. The Sloth Man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the guy who created that character is actually my roommate. Um, his name's Jack French, and mm -hmm. uh, he the uh, Sloth Man is actually in uh, anthology book one, as well as the first appearance. And um, I really, well, I really wanted to give as much as I could uh, for this comic that. Uh, that's on the Kickstarter, and I loved it when I was reading comics. You get a backup story, and I always mm -hmm. thought that was great. So I was like, you know what, Jack? Would, like, would you like to do a side story for the back of the book? And he goes, all right. So uh, it's a four-page backup story of Sloth Man. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and give away the details because the script's really funny, and I'm going to be posting up updates uh, as he does the artwork. But Sloth Man's a insanely he's very powerful like <laughs> hmm. is he man. slow oh no he's just too overpowered like too overpowered in every way and he's just like that weapon if i remember correctly the nazis he was like supposed to be the perfect weapon that the nazis was gonna make and it backfired on him um I don't know much about the rest of the information, but I know Brett has written a little bit on that with Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, uh, Sloth Man was conceived uh, during the Nazi regime because they were thinking, you know, they needed something to give them the edge in World War II. And, you know, what's the most dangerous and dreadful creature in nature? It's a sloth, you know? So they figured, you know, we'll take the... Uh, the attributes of a sloth and uh, man and mix them up and uh, we'll have the perfect killing machine. And you know, <laughs> they got, you know, far enough to create sloth man. But when sloth man figured out that, you know, the Nazis weren't necessarily the good guys, he totally, uh, you know, left that train station and decided to fight for good against all forms of evil. <laughs> so, you know, so he just roams the world and, you know, with a uh, with uh, powerful destructive claws, but with a heart of gold. You know, 
And peppermint patties. That's right. That's his. What I wouldn't do for a peppermint patty right now. So, you know, it's like, say hello to Sloth Man. And it's kind of like, you know, welcome to the Isle of Dr. Moreau. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like that, you know. That's pretty cool, though. I can dig it, and it's a you know uh, a little backup story, and you know in the back of the book. That's that's definitely taking it like a little old school. Mm-hmm. I also uh, a lot of people have been hitting me up for a variant cover, so if you scroll down just a little bit more, you're going to see uh, inked, uh, inked version. That's going to be the variant cover that people can get. Oh, that's a, that's a cool rad image from uh oh, that yeah. image <laughs> yeah yeah Adam Kubert decided to do a uh, contribution piece to anthology book one completely shocked all of us and uh um it was just one of those things where it was being at the right moment right place at the right time and uh he did it because it was over the summertime and he caught me in the hallway and he just asked you know he heard me talking about like I love the book and I love the people that were working on it. And it all together, we were like a family at the Cuba school mm-hmm. and I was, my goal was to do the best that I could. And he connected with that. So he was like, is there anything that you want me to do for the book? I was stuttering. I didn't know what to do. So he's like, think about it over the weekend. So I approached him on Monday in his office and I, I was like, is this too much to ask? He's like done. So he did the image. So I thought, um, you know, to show the impact of Sauron, um as a character, and uh, I thought it'd be great to show this piece on Kickstarter. It won't be a thing that I'll sell as prints. This is just an example to show people that, you know, this character is, um, you know, uh, a lot of people love this character. And uh, if you're passionate about something, you, you work hard at it, you know. Uh, you, you can get like some amazing things. And for a hundred grand, you can have your own one of one Joe Kubert Sonderon <laughs> variant cover. Oh, <laughs> nah. If I only had that kind of money. Well, that's Adam, too. And these are these are your interiors. Mm-hmm. 
that is damn <laughs> thank you when i when i first looked at the kickstarter and i i watched i watched the video and uh you know then scroll down and you know thought you knew how to sign your name like joe cooper and uh then i get to this piece i was like Oh damn! <laughs> Thank you. Like this is this is actually going to be a print. Um, uh, this is going to be a print on the fifteen dollar tier. So people have a choice between print A, print B, or print C. So you know that's that's an option for people to get. Yeah. So this is print B, which means I went past. So this is print A right here. Print A, print B. Uh, all the way at the top was uh, print C. Okay. And this, yeah. is, this is the logo for Dwarf Star Comics. Dwarf Star that's, Comics. Uh, that's my own uh, little indie comic thing group. There's a cool little colored piece. Yeah. Uh, that was, um, I did that um, after discovering Jonathan Wayshack. Uh, Jonathan Wayshack's artwork is stunning, and he he he's all hands in. He'll use his fingers like every tool he can get his hands on is just his intricate detailing and uh, uh, exaggeration of the form is so cool that I bought one of his books on his website, and once I got in the mail, I saw it. I was like, man, this stuff is beautiful. So I wanted to do a piece of uh trying to like emulate a little bit of what i saw yeah that came out cool and then we have everybody that, that's working on this project mm -hmm. brett of course uh taylor esposito your letterer mm -hmm. uh jack french What is he do? What's what's uh, Jack doing art wise in the book? Oh, he's doing the backup story. He's doing the sloth man. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Derp. You know that thing um, we just talked about two minutes ago? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Adam Quinones, uh, the colorist. He's also a recent Cuber School graduate with us from our year. Mm -hmm. And um, Austin did a Austin Ronquillo did a back cover uh, pinup, and then. Eugene Zabrowski and Summer Gagliardi uh, down below. Those two are doing our stretch goal, and they're also uh, raising Cuba School graduates. And you scroll down, and he's Sandoz sticking his tongue out at you. Mm -hmm. Dude, I looked at this, and I'm like, the with the with the way the colors are, are laid out on this. On, on Barda, all all I could think was, I go, oh, there's some Scott Hanna influence right there. <laughs> Thank you. Also, too, if you haven't read The Immortal Hulk, I suggest you get on that man. That book is so amazing. I've been I've been reading the Hulk since I was ten. Yeah, The Immortal Hulk is just oh, it, takes, it, it takes you it, back to that. It's so good. 
And then I then I got excited because I found out I had like you know five copies of number one that was worth money. <laughs> and I'm like, and I and I actually have. I don't collect Iron Man. I'll read like a story arc, like here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, usually I uh, a good friend of mine's like a huge Iron Man fan, and you know. We'll be we'll be chatting one day, and I'll just be like, "Hey, so what's Shellhead up to?" Oh, this, this, and this. I go, "Okay, good enough." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> pretty you know, much. And pretty uh, much. a friend of mine, we do a uh, we have another podcast that all we do is, uh, you know, deep dive into back issues, like gold, silver. Oh man, bronze. Oh. Uh, have- and because it's two old guys, you know. Uh, Tom, Thomas and I are, you know, around the 50 mark. So uh, we we decided as a joke because the uh, the owner of Outright Geekery, every time I would bitch about something, he's like, yeah, okay, whatever, Boomer. So we oh, named it. Man. So we named the podcast Boy. Okay, Boomer. You know, um, uh, you're gonna you're, you're gonna feel uh, you know like your gut twisting when I say this, but. Um, I have Brave and the Bold, issue number one through ten. Um, oh, from the fifties, I had the first appearance of Martian Manhunt. I had like a lot of like key stuff, like from the Golden Age. Um, when I was little, I just when I, when I was in fifth grade, or around that time frame, I wanted my Amazing Spider-Man stuff, so I traded that stuff in to swap like for the other ones. If I knew th- what I knew. If I know what I knew now about those books, I, w- I would have told my little self to like, no, don't do it, don't do it, yep. because those those books are just so valuable right now. I mean, just Brave and the Bold issue one alone. I we're talking about like, there were great copies. There was no tears. The colors were vibrant. Like, they were solid copies. Well, I've got the uh, I've got the first two appearances of Silver Age Catwoman. Oh, because it's in Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. So he goes, "Oh well, here's the here's the first appearance." I go, "You do know that's like half a story, and the other half of the story continues in the next issue." So for the to have the full first appearance, you have to have both of them, and yeah. I have them. They look like a dog ate my homework copies, but <laughs> I still have them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I've sold my collection many times over, and I could I could kick myself because uh, I ran out of money, but I wanted to read the newest, uh, you know, because you know how like in the summertime, Marvel likes doing we're gonna do everything biweekly, mm-hmm. so you 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 got to double up on books, and I'm like I don't have any money, and I don't want to miss out on uh peter david's hulk or todd mcfarland's asm the new issues are coming in and i've got like four or five bundled up and i'm like so i traded in some books i traded in prior issues of amazing spider-man so i could read the newer ones oh man what a mistake along with along with uh Submariner number one, uh, 
Doctor Strange number one and uh the uh the first appearance of uh Beta Ray Bill. Oh wow. And I just bought um not the first appearance of Beta Ray, but I just I just uh scored uh the uh, first appearance of uh Stormbringer. Hmm. So it's an early beta ray, and I actually have one of the beta ray bill like action figures from um, the Marvel line from probably about thirty years ago. It's about about this big. It was in like one of the dollar bins at Toys R Us. <laughs> I saw it, and I've I've set it up and played with it so much. He's got one leg that's a loosey goosey. So I had to figure out a you know a way to tight tighten it up, but you know he's got the cape, he's got the you know he's got Stonebringer and everything, and I'm like, this is cool. I'm never I'm I'm never getting rid of that action figure. <laughs> um, I had the uh, the Diamond exclusives. They did the uh, they did their version of the old Mego figures. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and I saw my buddy Thomas from OK Boomer. Uh, the Thor from that because they had uh, multiple costumes plus plus they made the the old the old style like boxes that the world's greatest superhero figures used to come in mm-hmm. so it, it came with uh, classic comic book Thor which I had as a kid uh, then it came with the costume and the new hammer for the MCU and then it came with a complete costume change uh and, and different head, so you could turn him into uh, Doctor Donald Blake. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, and as much as you want to open him up and play with him, you don't have to because it's it's a nice big window in front, so you can just set him up. Like I've got I got a dare I got the Daredevil, uh, Captain America, and Wolverine sitting up on a sitting up on a sill that's against my brick wall over here. So nice. Very you know, cool. I I saw I saw this. Hulk, and it was, I was just thrown off because I don't think I've really ever seen like the uh, the V-neck Hulk before. <laughs> because you know Hulk is so big, so everybody usually draws the bro the the broad shoulders going out. So it's a it's cool because it's like a it's like a a, a different introspect on him. Ghost Rider. I like how you have like the white hot flames coming out of like the holes in his face. Thank you. These, yeah, these are just examples uh, for people who want the eight uh, dollars tier. Um, I'll, I'll do uh, the headshots like these mm-hmm. um, if they're interested in it on a comic book backboard. And I know this is from an anime thing. Spirited away. Yeah, that movie's great. I recommend you watching it, man. Like I, I hear all kinds of things. I my daughter's like thirteen. So her whole world is like, you know, anime and Animal Crossing on on twi- on on the Switch. So <laughs> <laughs> examples of Jack's work. 
Great stuff. Moon Knight, Batman, The Crow, Winter Soldier. Sandrock Voyage sticker. So these are the these are the stretch goals. If you hit sixty three hundred, the first stretch goal, you'll have a brand new four page Gothicara sci fi story mm-hmm. from Kubert School graduate Summer. Summer. Yeah, I'll just stop at Summer. I'm like. I don't want to butcher anybody's anybody's last name. <laughs> Gagliardi. Thank you. That's what you're here for. <laughs> and if it hits 7,500, Eugene, for uh, finally for the second backup story, will be an actual Sonderon four-page adventure by Eugene Zabrowski. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got it right. Another great graduate from the Kubert School. And the thing that I like that you did is everybody that uh, is or has the potential of doing like add-ons for stretch goals in here, mm-hmm. all have, you guys all have like their uh, their social media reach outs on there. And of course, uh, Dwarf Star Comics has a has a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And I want to scroll up to that color piece you did. Here we go. We'll leave it right there as we talk about the tears. Of course, the uh, pledge for about a reward ten dollar tier. And yeah, it's it's his gas money, you know. Well, that's that's right below. Pledge a dollar or more for Sandron's gas money. He's gonna get through this adventure. He can't go without gas. <laughs> it's gotta happen. Uh, one of the, one of the first creators I interviewed, um, for a you know for a crowdfunder, was uh, Graham Nolan. Hmm. And I had I had met Graham because uh, back in 2019, before all this crap happened, uh, I was covering I covered uh, Rhode Island Comic Con for our right geekery, and Graham was Graham was one of the guests. I hung out and out. I basically hung out in Artist Alley the entire time. So so I I got to meet Neil Adams, talked to him for like about 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, be- before the before the main doors opened, it was like you know pre access, and I was you know I was part of the press to get there. Um, so I get to talk to him while he was still in a good mood. <laughs> uh, I hung out with I hung out with uh, Graham for a while, and you know he was talking. Uh, you know, not a lot of detail because it, it was he was getting ready to launch it in a few months. Was you know, the Chanu that he just finished. Uh, and, you know, Bill McKay and, you know, Tom Mandrake and... Um, Tom, Tom was our instructor. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Both second and third year in the school. 
Mm -hmm. I was I was really hoping I hit Powerball before I went there, so I could have like you know commissioned him to redraw that uh, mm -hmm. that glow in the dark uh, Spectre cover that he did back in the nineties. Oh, that thing is great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So pledge a dollar or more for gas money for Sondron. Uh, $5 or more is the holographic imagery. You get a digital PDF of the voyage. Uh, $10 or more is gets you uh, a hard copy of the book, uh, digital download, and... Your name is mentioned on the support page of the book. $15 or more, a, a print with the tail behind it, so you get to choose between A, B, or C. And then, of course, you get a physical copy of the book in the PDF and your name on the page for support. Uh, $15 or more, you can get the Jack French variant cover. Your choice of a print. And of course, the, the physical and digital copy of the book and your name on the support page. $20 or more, you get the, the Cosmic Takeover. Uh, PDF, hard copy, uh, a signature on the hard copy, a six by nine print and your name there. Now, this had me concerned when I, when I, when I got further down because I, I read twenty dollars or more is a retailer ten pack. Yeah, so uh, for comic book stores uh, all around, um, if they want to go ahead and pledge twenty, they'll go ahead and get a uh, quantity of ten books. I forget uh, where what else they get. Uh, ten books and the store's name on the support section of the book. Yep. I mean, that's cheap. Yeah, uh, it's um, uh, the it's uh, the amount of money it takes to make the book as the quantity gets up. It's not much. Um, the stores can go ahead and make it. Uh, you know, can make their money on it. Um, it, it works on both ways, so it helps me out. It helps them out. Have you talked to uh, Danny Morales from the uh, collective down in uh, Florida? No, but Brett is from Florida, and he can. Mm -hmm. Danny Morales, okay. Danny Morales, uh, he is. You can find him, of course, in the comic book madness. You can just type in his name at the top of the page and you'd be able to find it. Uh, he works at the collective. Uh, I know the store is moving. They're moving to a much bigger location and they are. Where in Florida, by the way? Oh, central. Oh, okay. That's a little, I'm all the way down South. So, but I'm sure I could still probably, we could reach out to him. I'm in Southern Florida. You might know it as, Cuba. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, Ugh. and you may know central Florida as the Carolinas. 
that's okay. I'm, I'm, I, I have, uh, I have some family in the Carolinas. <laughs> it's true. That's what they always say about Florida. The, the higher up, you know, from Orlando up into the panhandle, it becomes more the Carolinas. And then when it's further down South, like you said, it's more, uh, you know, an offshoot of South America and Cuba. Yeah. Um, the, the collector, the collective does, uh, does their own podcast. Mm. Um, and they, uh, they have like a whole wall of like a whole, like big section of, of indie books. Mm. Because when the entire industry shut down earlier last year, the only way to get books was from indie creators. And the only, the only way to keep your store open was to have new stuff for people to, to check out and read. And since, you know, Marvel DC and a bunch of the others all shut down plus diamond shut down. The only way to get it was, you know, guys like you would mail them, you know, sell them books and, you know, mail them a package and, you know, next day or at a, you know, two day delivery, whatever it was. And they get books and they put them up there. Um, they, uh, they do a thing where they, uh, they'll, uh, They'll take uh, a certain book from the indie stuff mm-hmm. and they display it right up on the front counter. So it's like everybody sees it. Oh, very cool. Okay. You know, uh, another store to uh, check out that is, uh, you know, very indie friendly and supports a lot of indie comics is. Uh, Space Cadets in uh, Texas, uh, Jen King store. Jen was one of the people that uh, one of the one of the main people that got together and uh, created the comic book shopping network. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but once you get in there, it's like crack. You can't get out. <laughs> you know. You know. Once once we wrap this, and I down I download the episode to put it up on uh, eachradio.org, uh, You know, about eleven forty five, I'll be tuned into a show to you know, yet again buy more stuff. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. There's always more. There's always more comics to buy, but yeah, that's that's awesome right there. Twenty bucks for you know a you know ten issues of the book, and I, I know uh, Danny pushes like indie stuff all the time. Brett, get on board. <laughs> yeah, because 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 he he know he knows his customers. So, you know, if somebody's into like, you know, sci-fi or horror and the voyage is being displayed at the front of the store, plus in the regular indie rack, I he's mean, gonna, he's going to, he's going to recommend it to people and be like, you should check this, you should check this book out. I mean, also too, I mean, he might be interested in the $225 one where he gets this uh, exclusive variant cover, you know, it's a good perk, you know? Yeah. 
And would, would that be for all the covers? Oh, yeah. Not they, one cover they, will be the same. So let's say like um, let's say five comic shops clicked that ad spot um, for that tier, right? They that those covers they're gonna get are gonna be different from each other. I'll be creating a brand new variant cover for each uh, pledge per, uh, person who pledges for that tier. Okay, so like his store pledges and like three other stores pledge. Each store gets their own variant cover. They get their own variant. It will, okay. It's not like when I say that. The, the way you said it, I'm like, <laughs> you're going to sell them this many books, and each one's going to have a different variant cover for their store. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Because, um, and when I say that, I'm not going to go ahead and draw a variant cover uh, exclusive to that store, and then I'll like change the color or I'll. You know, I'll move an arm or something, like for the next cover. No, the, each image will be completely different. That's a that's a project all its own, right there. Yeah, uh, I I feel like I should. When people look at this uh, Kickstarter, and granted, it's my first one, the work is nothing to me. Um, as long as I know that people out there are reading this character, I'm, you know, I'm really passionate about his story, um, and I really do see it going somewhere. I don't know when, and I don't know how. So I'm going to do the best that I can to do all the work that I can now to make sure it's out there. So I'm going to go ahead and draw him as many times as I can, um, <laughs> do as many books as I can until it clicks. Cool. Now you're doing inked buck uh, bust sketches. Yep. For uh, for fifty dollars, and of course everybody gets everything else uh, mm -hmm. plus the uh, you know. So you get your name in the book. You get the you get the PDF, the hard copy. You're gonna get a sticker, and you're gonna get an an inked bust sketch from from you, mm -hmm. and uh, a choice of print, and. Uh, the book will be signed too. And you've already, you've already had five people jump on that. Well, you're going to be busy in this one. And then Jack French has, uh, the same deal. His are 75. Mm -hmm. Cause the size is different. It's a little bit bigger than the yeah. size I'm throwing in. And, uh, Oh my god, man! Jack's commissions are out of this world, man. Like, yeah, I can. I I saw his when when we were scrolling down. And I'm like, cool characters to pick, and I I saw the Moon Knight, and I go, mm -hmm. dude, everybody's gonna want him to draw Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm 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 looking. Yeah, because uh, your sketches are uh. Six by nine, mm -hmm. and oh no, those are the prints. Oh yeah, and yours is six by nine, and uh, Jack's are nine by twelve. Yeah. Yep. That's definitely a big difference on that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's already had three people jump on that. Uh, $120 or more. 
an original page of art from the book. Mm -hmm. Whoa. And you're already halfway through with those. Yeah. Six available, three people already jumped on that. I feel like the more and more I'll do uh, that I do podcasts this week and stuff like that, I feel like that's going to be gone. I feel that's, like it's going to be gone. Dude, that's going to uh, – an original comic op page, you know, from from anybody is, you know, a hundred, you know, ones that don't have like major, you know, a major, you know, the, the main character on the page, you know, it just, it's just like, you know, the bad guy of that issue or, you know, just, you know, random stuff leading up to something in the book. Uh, you might see being sold for like, you know, 75 to a hundred. And then, you know, like if, if something's got like, you know, a made, you know, major action scene on a page, I'm going to make it, sure you know, that like, it's, the ones, it's, it's like 150 and up. Yeah. I'm basically, I'm going to make sure that the ones that I pick are going to be like really cool shots and that people are going to get a good look on that. But yeah, that's 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 pretty awesome, man. I love original art. And here's the one you were talking about, the two twenty-five. Before I was excited, now I am numb. And of course, this is this is another. Uh, This is a retailer tier as well. Yeah, it's but it's also it's not just for like comic shops it's for podcasts and everyone else. Yeah, anybody uh, anybody can anybody can buy this one. Yeah. Do you remember when you read comics? Uh, the ads in between, you'd see this like it was like all these panels. You'll see like different little gadgets and toys and stuff. Ads. Oh yeah. Oh, I love those. That's how I'm uh, doing the ads. Like the the borders and stuff like that. That's how I'm setting it up. Oh, cool! So when you get that slot in, the borders and stuff is gonna have like this high tech sci fi uh, machinery that connects all of them to mm -hmm. make it look nice. I'm not gonna just make put place it in. You see the ads and that's it. It's boring. Like I'm gonna make it look nice. Like it's part of the book. Cool. Plus you get 25 copies of the book with your own variant cover. Mm-hmm. Plus thirty prints. Uh, one person has already jumped on that, and you know, I still have a bunch on that to go. Yeah, you know, you you, st you still have you still have plenty of these, but I mean, the more po podcasts you go on, you know, like you said, the original art page, uh, you only got three left. Those are gonna go really quick. Yeah, you know, um, talking to Pops Van Zant uh, yesterday, a couple of the guys and stuff. The I was I was basically saying, you know, the one thing I am worried about is I have twelve days, you know, I yeah, eleven days. My bad. I have eleven days left to go on this. I, I am a little bit worried, you know. I really don't want this project to like go down, and I am trying to do the best I can to try to get out there. But when you think about like thirty one days totally you're like oh that's fine but now it's 11 you're like now you're you're sweating bullets and that's how that's how worried i am so i'm just like keeping doing my original pages every day mm -hmm. um the more and more pages i do i'm gonna make another update 
but it's just it it is nerve wracking, you know. I really don't want this one to fall through. Oh no, you're you're gonna be podcasted out. <laughs> yeah. For you know, for sure. I mean what once you know, once we're done here, like I said, I'm gonna download the audio of this and it's gonna go up on my downloadable podcast thing. Uh then, you know, Kevin will wake me up with a with an email or a text at three o'clock in the friggin' morning. What episode number was that? So I can so I can post it and put it on the website. I'm like, <laughs> here it is. Like, yeah. I, I should just save myself like a phone call and just download it and you know email email him the the link for the downloadable link for the episode. I mean, I do it because right after this is done, I'm going to be messaging him, him. Hey, I just did a podcast with this so and so, and once I get the link or however, but I'm just like, you know, he's yeah, he's probably going to do it. Yeah, he, he already he already he already know. Like if if you told him you were on here tonight, he's like, oh yeah. As I'm you telling know. I'm telling you right now, this is just me being excited, but oh, me and Brett. Um, are both really excited about how it's getting like how people are going to figure out what the ending is like. Like, once you figure out what's happening, you're like, Oh my god, like, this is really cool! Like, um, like, it connects you to like those shows like Firefly or Battlestar Galactic, like, certain like horror events, and you're like, Oh my god, that just reminds like certain, like, certain tidbits just remind you of pieces from the shows and books that you love. When I read that end and uh, the whole like the, the fight scene and everything, what happens, man, I was so happy. I was like, I cannot freaking wait to start drawing this. Well, I'm excited <laughs> for you guys because I can I can hear the passion for the project in your voice. Yeah, like you know, uh, you're all excited. It you you're like a couple of five year olds on a Saturday morning waiting for the cartoons <laughs> to start. Well, yeah, it's and a also, big bowl of fruity pebbles. Well, it's also irritating because, like, you know, my day job takes like a good portion of my hours every week away, mm-hmm. and I just wish, man, do I really have to work? Can I just be on unemployment? <laughs> you know, like, like should I just quit now? Like, because why I mean, do I have oh, to work a real job? Yeah, <laughs> but what the hell? I'm tired um, of adulting. While while I'm at work, I'm just like, man, I got like that'd be a cool panel setup, or man, that would be a great visual. So I have to wait till I get home after a long day. I'm like, man, and I could have just spent that whole day doing it. So you you gotta you gotta put your voice recorder like on on the front screen of your phone, and just keep tapping that and recording like I ideas that pop into your head while you're working the working the day job so you can go home and listen to that and and draw what you were thinking of early in the day that you might have forgot about yeah yeah i just want to know where brett got his uh spider-man robe oh this i don't you know this is uh, i got it as a gift so i don't know i'll have to ask that person where, where they got it from <laughs> he, he's sporting all the comic book wear tonight you know the old X-Men t-shirt, the Spider-Man yeah. robe. Yeah. yeah. You know, actually, you know, speaking of like collectors and stuff like that, um just recently came in, and I know Brett's gonna appreciate this because Brett is a massive toy collector, bro. Like his his toy collection is just unlike I've ever seen. Like I, I but I um 
when Marvel Legends first came around the corner in 2002 or somewhere around there, um, they did a box set, uh, a certain amount of box sets of uh, different ones. And I got a Spider-Man versus Sinister Six box, uh, box set a couple days ago. And it's oh. like, yeah, man. You it's a big one. Like, uh, I think they did also a set with the X-Men, too. Because I didn't mm-hmm. have the X-Men. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got the X-Men set. And at the time, that X-Men set was going for big money. And then they're like, oh, well, we made a, they made a better one. So now that one's worthless. I'm like, well, yeah. if it's worthless, I can take them out of the package and play with them now. Yeah. <laughs> the hell with you guys? Nah, I, I was super happy about that, but... Toy like toys, I'll get certain things that I'm like, okay, that's good. But I'm a huge comic book collector, so um, the hard part for me, you know, and it's one of something our instructors said when we get in, when we got into the school. They said you have to separate yourself now. Like you came in as fans and like want to be artists and whatnot, but now you have to make that distinction, that separation. Are you going to be a fan on the way out? Or are you going to be a freelance artist? Because you can't, you, you can be both, but there's a, you know, there's obviously a, uh, a fine know, line. A, a fine line. There's a tip in that that scale. Because when you're a freelance artist, you're going to need that money. You're always going to be working and stuff like that to pay certain things and eventually switch over from your regular day job and whatnot. Where you're a collector, you know, you're going to be spending your monies on all this stuff as a fan. So yeah, every now and then I have to push back. Um, ever since I got out of school, I have to figure out. I'm like, nope, I gotta avoid that and just pick and choose certain things. No, a lot more. Well, as, as an artist, you uh, you will also be jonesing until you can actually go to a live convention and make make that uh, make that con money, like at a New York Comic Con or C two E two or or San Diego and I can't wait till this is done and over with because I miss those cons. I really do. There was a, there was a small one in Kentucky uh, last weekend. Uh, Ray, uh, Ray man from uh, who's the owner of silver line publishing. When Oh, oh, Roland man. Yeah. Roland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, his, his writer that, uh, is that wrote the Kickstarter, the the newest Kickstarter there, uh, Teen Beetle. Yeah, Peter Clinton actually did the cover of that. He's also another Cuba School graduate. He's a good friend. He actually did a story in that anthology book that I, I was talking about earlier as oh, well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Peter's super talented. But uh, he had uh, he had like family problems. You know, uh, somebody in the family was sick. And they had to they had to cancel Monday night, so we're gonna do we're gonna hopefully hopefully get him back in before the uh, before the campaign's over. Yeah, no, he he's I'm actually um, with Roland uh, after this Kickstarter. I actually have to um, jump on uh, Roland's uh, book because me and him are actually we were in the middle of talking the end of last year about a sci-fi comic together and stuff and. Things just got in the way where when it came to money problems, I had to do a lot of commissions and stuff, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But once I once I'm finished with this Kickstarter and this month is done, I'm jumping uh I'm gonna email him and jump on immediately onto that. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't uh release any info on a book 
until the entire thing is done. I, 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 I think know, the, the whole thing's in the can and all they have to do is send it to the printers. Mm -hmm. Then he launches the Kickstarter. I think it's a smart way to do it. Yeah. You know, if, if you can, if you can get, get down to that, you know, get down to that level, like in the future, like the whole books, you know, get the entire, after you've done like so many projects, you got a fan, you got a bigger fan base built up, then you can have that money roll in and the, and you, you roll it from this project into the next one. So that one's already paid before you even start it. Mm -hmm. Once it's done, then you, then you, uh, you know, launch, launch your crowd funders and, you know, go from there. You know, with the way planning's very key, and uh, I, I was talking to Brett earlier about it, but I'm not worried when it comes to like the progression of how this book gets done once it funds, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, because this whole you got month, a beetle flying around must be because I was <laughs> talking about Teen Beetle, you know. Um, I'm gonna get all my black and white artwork done for this. Same thing with my roommate, he's gonna get it done by this month. So all the artwork is gonna be done this month, and then. You know, I'm going to send it to a colorist. My colorist is going to need about two, two and a half weeks uh, to color it. Then that will be done. My letterer, Taylor Esposito, letters, dude, he's got hundreds of books. Um, he, it's going to take him a day to letter that book uh, for certain things. So it's, it's not going to be an issue. Like when I, I, I definitely see this book shipping out near the end of March. And I'll, I will be updating people on that too. That's that's really good. All, uh, all, all the updates that, that you're doing to, you know, and then, you know, 73 people get a, you know, get an email and they're like, oh, new stuff. Mm -hmm. And they, they, get they get excited like all over again. No, I think that's important because I, I backed a few Kickstarter projects um, and a couple Indiegogo stuff, but the one thing I was like, I'm kind of like unsure about is the time frame on getting those books. You know, if it's taking like longer than like six, seven months and stuff, that's a long time. So, you know, I think that like planning is very, it's a big, big key thing in the Kickstarter once you fund it, is get it done as soon as possible, make it like your number one priority. Like, and just get it out there, because oh, yeah, because people just lose interest after a while. They're just gonna eventually they're gonna forget that, and that's something I don't want. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's always tough to keep memento going mm -hmm. on a you know on a project, but it's it's always good to you know recon reconnect with the fans, and you get a. You know, you gotta you gotta share this out like all the time, because you know that's that's what I'm doing right now while we're still talking. <laughs> I just uh, I just tweeted out the Kickstarter to uh, my friends out in Texas that uh, have a podcast every Thursday, uh, Lost in Comics. You know, and they they do they do an they do an, an indie comics uh, highlight like every week. That's cool. Oh, wow! Yeah. 
and I am now tagging Danny. on Facebook telling them about the great retailer dealers you guys have on this Kickstarter. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's, um, that way it, you it, guys, that way you guys can see the, can see my post on my, on my personal page. And then you can just click and send them a, send them a friend request so you can keep in touch with them. You know, it amazes me to know that it's not about the amount of money you get. It's the amount of people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's just, it just baffles me, you know, but it makes sense. And I understand hopefully with 73 backers right now on the Kickstarter, I'm hoping that that's actually a good pivot moment uh, to start seeing a lot of improvement uh, in the algorithm to start, you know, with traveling. Cause we were, um, Brett, we were on comics, uh, comicsbeat.com. Right. One of the top uh, five Kickstarters to invest in. Yeah. Yeah. I that that threw me out like for a loop. I was like, really? Like, yeah. And that yeah. was on the second week of, um, of the month. Yeah. When you sent me that, I was like, you know, like, wow, you know, that's pretty awesome to tell you the truth, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, another, another, another crew that's good to uh, touch base with and, and see if they have room on one of their podcasts because they do like a million of them is uh, the guys from Indie Volt, mm -hmm. uh, Varian Grant. Who uh, also runs uh, Liberty Distribution, which is distribution for nothing but indie comics. That's really cool. Distribution. Ooh, Brett's ears perked up. Distribution. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a magic word. Uh, Liberty's got like. 100% return guarantee. So they send, you know, whatever whatever books a store will buy, they put them in kind of like a subscription box. Like uh, if you've seen the Scout Comics subscription box, it's really nice like that. It's like everything's like, you know, double bubble wrapped and, and taped down. They don't move. They're all bagged and boarded. Uh, so the store has to read it to display them bagged and boarded yeah. uh if they don't sell they can send them back and they'll you know they'll give them a refund or 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 a credit because if they're not selling at one store it mm -hmm. doesn't mean they won't sell at a different store right yeah that's a, that's really cool you know um i was uh i was thinking about it all day today i think what i'm gonna do yeah, I, I, I'm going to do it. Is, uh, once we get to 85 backers, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw, like, say, uh, make an announcement like, hey, somebody's going to receive an original piece of art that was involved in the book. So once we get to 85 backers, I'm going to make an announcement on the update section that somebody's going to get an original piece of artwork once we hit 85. You just made the announcement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not here, but exclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that sounds like uh, a recommendation from Pops. It definitely is. I can tell because definitely is. He he was the recipient of one of those one time, and he pushes that with like everybody that he that he interviews and talks to. 
He's you right. Thought, you ever thought of doing this? Uh, another another big one uh, down the road is uh, collab cross collaboration. Yep. Between between creators uh, for variant covers and uh, to do a uh, a digital package where other creators will donate creators will donate to other creators the PDFs of their their book so people can use that in a stretch goal so they can get like you know a a dozen you know a dozen indie comics to read on top of the one that you're kickstarting. That's really cool. That's a pretty good deal, yeah. See, I actually learned something in a year. <laughs> was, you know, 82, I think 82 episodes now. Mm. I went crazy for a little while. I was doing like five or six a week. And I was oh, like, wow. I'm like, oh, this is work now. I got to, I got to, you know, turn, tune back. Because, uh, Thomas on on Boomer uh, is a retail manager, so sometimes we have to, you know, flip the episode to, you know, a Wednesday. So I keep like Wednesday and Thursday open for that. This week we're doing it Thursday, so I can slip in like another podcast tomorrow night if I want to. Uh, and and Friday is already booked with the. Uh, Another guy that uh, is with uh, Kevin Goulet. Wow. Yeah, you know, it really. Um, I do uh, appreciate you having us on here tonight. You know, I know it was uh, last minute. I, I just when pops uh, gave me some names to throw out, and with the the days that we had left, I just you know there was no time, so I figured I needed to message everyone quick. Oh, yeah. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. Oh, this is good. I would have just been watching reruns of the old Magnum PI and, you know, <laughs> drinking coffee and eating popsicles or something. I don't know. Well, read, reading, reading a book. Cause I gotta, I gotta finish reading a graphic novel for Thursday night for the show, but mm. almost we're doing, uh, the, uh, the Joker story that, uh, Brian Azzarello and, uh, Lee Bermeo did. Like oh the twenty yeah. years ago, oh yeah. that book, oh yeah. man, yeah, that was a solid book. Uh, yeah. I'm telling, if you haven't oh, finished that, you're gonna love it. It's so good. Yeah, like even to this point, it's so good. I could have gone without like Riddler having question mark tattoos going around his belly button, but you know, other than that, you know, and the and the way, uh, and you can tell like from now. From then, from now, like how much better Vermeil's gotten, and he was like amazing back then. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just like, you know, just blown away. I bought that book hardcover when it came out, and for some reason, for a Joker fan, I actually never read the damn book. No, he... it, it, it's probably because I was working a day job at the time <laughs> <laughs> and a night job. I was. Uh, I ended up in a. I died back in 2016. Oh wow! Oh god! It's fine. It was only a flesh wound. Uh, I had I had like three like wicked bad infections, and they they lost me on the operating table 
uh, resuscitated me, and I coded like a few more times while I was in ICU. Oh my god! To put me into a medical coma. Wow. So luckily, a good friend of mine at work took all these boxes that make it look like I'm living in a warehouse, uh, and stored them at his house. They they had been there for like five years. Uh, all these boxes filled up a 22 foot long trailer. Wow. I got, a, I got a lot of shit. <laughs> you know. Comics, <laughs> action figures. You know, I'm actually looking for like 50 more books of Amazing Spider-Man to finish my collection. That's it. If you got I, them. Actually, I actually <laughs> opened the ghost figure. Oh, that's pretty solid. I, I opened it up because the, uh, the plastic around the figure was like, you know, brittle and cracked and everything. Yeah, I guess that yellow color and everything. Yeah, like a, a, a piece of the corner, it actually just like disintegrated. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it, it came with it came with like an exclusive cover, an exclusive comic, like a number zero or a number one mm. or whatever. Uh, and it was an Adam Hughes cover. Mm. And uh, I wasn't too impressed with the Adam Hughes cover, but somebody else did the back. Uh, Sinkevich did the back cover, and that one that one blew me away. But I took the book out, and the way they packaged the figure, it like ripped the it had like two little tears in like the cover. Mm. And I'm like, ah. Uh. So I'm 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 sent I'm sending that cover off to uh, another guy that was on Cromcom that actually cuts up comics and makes like artistic displays out of them oh that's cool i've seen that yeah yeah um, well oh they're so awesome it's pretty awesome yeah i've seen someone who took old issues and they uh uh like wrapped their furniture in it it's pretty it's pretty cool actually that was at a convention that i went to a couple years back you know and you see all these old batman covers and stuff on a coffee table and stuff and you know you almost feel yeah, good putting your coffee on there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I saw that, like, oh, probably about 20 years ago. Somebody had done that, like, a couple of, like, small end tables, and they did mm -hmm. that. And my first knee-jerk reaction was to beat the hell out of the guy for destroying comic books to make furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, I guess I started getting a little red in the face, and the guy was like, no, it's the books were already trashed before I made this. These were just damaged issues, and I took the best parts of them and made a collage. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Blood pressure came down a little bit. You know, I, I started feeling better, and um, I'm going to replace the, the NSC thing up in the corner by you, Zach. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show off what a Joker fan I am. A really good friend of mine airbrushed the back of my my biker leather jacket. Ah, oh, gotcha. With all Joker stuff. Oh wow! All from Alex Ross. Oh, wow! That's gorgeous. That's beautiful. Yeah. Very cool. And, and of course, the the stupid nerd that I am. Uh, when I wore that to a couple of different Comic Cons, I had girls coming up and complimenting the jacket, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, thanks." And I just kept rummaging through boxes instead of 
talking to the girl, and then of course they wander away. <laughs> well, your books were still there. That's the important thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, women, women come and go, but at the end of the day, as long as we got those books back and good, we're well, never. You know, alone. With, with with me, uh, they always go. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, because uh, I had Sean on last night for the f the first uh, artist I. And uh, he was he was talking about, you know, how his ex-wife used to uh, badger him about, you know, doing comic book, you know, doing art and uh, and like all his action figures and comic books. When are you going to grow up? And he's like, and goes, well, and now I need to sell enough art so I can buy back a bunch of these comic books and a bunch of Darth Vader stuff to make my Darth Vader shrine. Because I've gone to the dark side. That's a, at that point you just give it to your kids. You're like, yeah. you? you're like, like he, oh. he's got like he's got five kids, so. Mm. But it's like uh, there's like so much stuff. Like I'm, I go, I'll stop like flipping through a box, and I had like two eight foot tables in in my bedroom because my my bedroom was huge. When you would walk up the hallway to it, and then you would open the door, it was I. I nicknamed it the TARDIS. Ah, there my, you go. my bedroom in the, in the condo I was renting was almost as big as this, and this is like twenty four hundred square feet. <laughs> you know, so I'm like finding stuff, doing you know what's in the box videos, and you know, like I I found this uh, one per case. Uh, Jack O'Neill from Stargate, precast mm -hmm. figure, and you know, you know, all kinds of stuff like the ghost figure and 1989 Batman toys, and yeah, those are good. Love those, you yeah. know, uh, some ori some original Migos. I found an original 1970s uh, Spider-Man Mego. Oh, cool. Okay. That's worth a lot of money if that uh, rubber band didn't snap. Uh, it's not. It's not that body type. There was. There was one. There was one Spider-Man in particular where it was a different. They altered the the print on the costume, mm -hmm. and a certain print on the costume is worth just the costume itself is worth like three or four hundred bucks. Oh wow! wow. Okay, but they apparently ran out of parts. Because my Spider-Man doesn't have red hands to match the costume. He's got white hands. So it's, so it's like he took his gloves off. Huh. So I just I just pretend that mine is in, you know, in, in you know, pre-Amazing Spider-Man 50 mode where he's going to throw the costume out in the trash. The gloves are already off. That's a good cover. Oh, no, that's a, a good page, yeah. But I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. And oh, uh, this project looks awesome. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I hope uh, you uh, you have a nice conversation with Danny and he, he orders some of these for the store. So, Bright, you do have the information, right? Danny Morales? Yeah, I'm going to go look him up and try and uh, get in touch with him, right? He's with the uh, – it's called The Collective? Yeah. Collective. Okay, and that's in Central Florida, you said, right? Yeah. 
Um, I know they're they're moving. They're not moving too far from their present location. Mm-hmm. Um, and their store now is, you know, fairly sizable. But mm-hmm. they're moving to like an even bigger location now. Okay. Because they're doing so. They're you know they're they're actually thriving. So I'm like, I, right. I it's not every day you hear about a comic book store thriving in in you know 2020 chapter two. Yeah, yeah, it's very very true. You know. Yeah. So. Plus, uh, on my personal page, I, I share I shared out the uh, I shared out the Kickstarter and I I tagged him in that. And I'll, Thank you. Uh, I'll tag uh, I'll tag uh, a couple other people from uh, the CBSN in in there and you know see if you know see if they have any interest in it. And Thank you. Um, also, too, when when you're all set, send uh, send me the link and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll share that as well. Yeah, um, the the video is recorded live, so the uh, the YouTube link I sent you mm-hmm. that'll you can use that to sh- to share the video out, and Perfect. I'll, I'll have the podcast link done uh, probably you know within like a half hour, twenty minutes. Okay, thank you, man. I appreciate I got it. Streamlined now. <laughs> Except for last night's, because you know, four hours. Oh my god! <laughs> I that feel that. Well, it was great meeting you guys. Um, I wish you all the luck with this first Kickstarter. I hope it's. Uh, I hope it gets out there and you hit it and you hit like another stretch goal at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's it's nerve wracking now because you're in a lull. Right. Yeah. Like the last two to four days is usually like on an upswing. It's like it's like you're climbing the hill of the roller coaster and you're almost at the very top. And the last couple of days is where you just zoom around the track. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean that's still that's all that's uh it's still nerve-wracking but yeah. like i said as as you guys build up uh you know build up a bigger and bigger following over time you'll end up you know a year from now i i hope to see you launch launching kickstarters that like fund in like you know 24 hours <laughs> one can only hope yeah yeah I'm done i've 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 talked to people who they they actually funded in like you know three two or three hours, wow, which is insane. Yeah, you know, but it's a lot of it is like you know, I know the whole Kickstarter thing is is actually to me seems like more work than the book, and I know how much work that actually is, but there's like so much you got to plan out everything just right with Kickstarter and do everything is, you know, you, you head down the road with that. But, uh, the, uh, you get, you get the Kickstarter fans and then you have people that just like Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could always launch like a, a small secondary one on Indiegogo afterwards. Mm. you know, see if you, you know, 
try to build up and and push to there. I know some people like Indiegogo better for the fact that uh, the creators actually get like a a little bit more percentage from you know of the of the money where the uh, where the cuts go to like Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Mm, and I think if if you do a full Indiegogo, you can actually leave the book up there like as like an open store window for like 30 days after the campaign's done. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Just some things I've learned. I've never made a comic, but I know a few tricks. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate that for sure. You know? Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a lot of work. Uh, you guys uh, are, are very talented. Uh, Zach, you apparently learned how to draw and stuff at uh, at Cooper School. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and 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 Brett's apparently got some of that Jeff Lemire magic going on, <laughs> whipping out whipping out full scripts in an hour. Oh, you have no idea. I know it was a lifesaver for you. <laughs> it, really, it really was. Well, I drew this panel, but damned if I can think of a story. Where's Brett? <laughs> no, it's it's kind of sometimes like, like, and honest, I'm okay with that. Honestly, I really am. Well, keep you know, drawing, it's a collaboration, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's all about good collaborations and. Mm -hmm. uh, good communication with, you know, all of the creatives working on your project, you know? Yep. Of course. You know, and there's, there's plenty of like, uh, good communities out there. I know, uh, Pup said comic book madness is uh, fast approaching like 2,500 people. Wow. Hmm. And I'm, I'm sure he, he told you about the banner in the page. Nah, I don't recall. Maybe yes. If you create uh, a group banner, as long as it's got his logo somewhere in it, with your, you know, with a book of your image and the, uh, you can just look at like the the banner at the top of the page. It, he's always switching it. So you can you can basically get an ad in the comic book madness for like a few days. That's cool. That's pretty neat. You yeah. make a banner at the top. It's got to have uh, comic book madness and his little logo guy, his little impish guy there, and mm -hmm. you can put like your cover up there. I know. Uh, last time I went in, it was uh, the listener was up there. So yeah, uh, hit hit him up about that. He'll he'll give you all the details. Okay. You just 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 make up you know the image and do it up, or you can even just shoot Kevin a a message at like four o'clock in the morning. Be like, dude, I need you to make a banner for me for uh, for Pop's page. <laughs> all right. And you know, it'll it'll get you a little bit of advertising. Uh, in the group so every time somebody comes in the group the first thing they're going to see is is the banner with uh your book all right sweet it's good tip yeah 
See? I'm glad I knew something. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for uh, for stopping in and checking this out, and everybody that'll go away, Beetle, that'll uh, be listening to us on ageofradio.org and all the other places this is casting to right now. Uh, it's on Outright Geekery's YouTube channel. It's on Outright Geekery's Facebook page with uh, 23,000 followers. So we get a... I don't get like a huge amount of people that watch it while it's live, but we end up by like second day, there's, there's like at least like three to 500 people that's, that have seen it just on Outright Geekery. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. You know, get it out there. But thanks again for, for hanging out. And uh, we'll see you on the, uh, on the close down of the, uh, of the Kickstarter. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Where, where it's all funded. You hear that? I said where it's all funded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed.